All right, we got Donnie Bovine, CEO of Success Champions Networking, a group that has been very impactful for both Landon and I. We've been involved in it for the past couple months or so and have connected with so many amazing people, changing the way that networking is done every day. It's awesome. Donnie, how's it going, man? Oh, awesome, brother, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I'll tell you, I've been fascinated hanging out with you guys. You guys are freaking running and gunning and doing some really fucking cool things. So thanks for having me on today. Really appreciate you, man. And we, we've been trying to model a lot what you're up to. We, we had a conversation with you maybe like four or five months ago or so, and you had audited kind of our entire podcast model and had helped us switch platforms. It's a lot more succinct, a lot more systematized. So a lot of that goes to, you know, the credit towards you. So thank you for that, man. Absolutely, man. My honor. I mean, podcasting saved my damn business early on. So I've got a, a kind of a heart for making sure if you're going to do a podcast, let's do it right. Let's get to freaking success and you know, let's get impact on the listeners so they get as much value out of it as possible. I love it, man. So tell us more about that. So how podcasting save your business. Where were you prior? Let's go back maybe five or 10 years. Tell us your story. Tell us about where you're at now. Yeah, for sure. So I spent 20 years as a straight commission sales guy. So I've never really had a, a salary position in my entire life. Sold everything from HVAC door to door to franchises for a Fortune 500 Last career was with an organization called Sandler Training and supposedly became one of the top sales trainers in the country, whatever the hell that means. Um, then turned 40, got the itch to stop making people, other people money and start chasing my own dreams. Launched my company, was put under an international non-compete so I couldn't talk about sales, sales training, business development anywhere in the world. So my first year in business was a shit show of fucking everything up, almost losing my farm. My wife literally had to cash in her 401k to save the farm. Her Jeep, her Jeep had gotten repossessed. I mean, it got freaking dark. Found podcasting and my show took off. And when it did, I had some of the biggest names in the world who were requesting to be a guest on the show. And I knew I couldn't have this kind of shit show of a system you know, bringing these big ass guests on. So podcasting taught me outsourcing. It taught me operations. It taught me how to put systems and things in place. So with the leverage of that podcast, you know, I launched at that point a podcasting company and was helping just a ton of people. And then my non-compete came up a few months later. And now year two was a conundrum of doing, okay, am I a sales guide trainer? Am I a podcast company? What the fuck am I? And it took me about two and a half years to figure out the businesses. And now I run three companies, Success Champion Networking being one of them. We don't do anything in the podcasting space anymore. I have one of the top podcasts in the world with growth mode and five best-selling books and a partridge in a pear tree. Let's go, man. <laughs> and so that's something I want to make sure that we, we touch on because I think it's very valuable for listeners and myself selfishly is that you know, you're at that point where you have this skill set, you're excited to monetize, you know what you're up to, but you have a lot of things going on. How do you really find out your identity and really brand yourself, especially in this world of social media? Yeah, I love that question. So here's the thing is, you know, marketing and advertising is what you tell everybody that you do. Branding is what everybody says when you're not in the room. So I always try and think about, okay, what's the fucking story they're going to be telling about me when I'm not around? And usually before I go into the room, the story's already being told. Let me tell you about Donnie before he comes in here, right? I'm a loud dude for most times, and I just show up as me anywhere I go. So a lot of people are, are thrown off by that personality. I would tell you, though, that your personal brand, how that story comes together and how everything is going to go back to your roots, and what I mean by that is I never thought anybody would do business with a country dude that wore ball caps, cussed, 
drank too much, you know, and just carried myself as I carry myself. I just didn't think people wanted to do business with that guy. And what happened for me is because of the podcast success, I was invited to do a keynote down in Florida and for about 400 podcasters in this, is this one event. And right before I went on stage, and I should say I was about a year and a half into building my companies. So I was not wearing ball caps. I was still in button down shirts, but I was in blue jeans and boots, but I wasn't cussing a whole lot. And right before I went on stage, the guy who paid me a chunk of money to come down and speak goes, dude, I need a favor. I said, okay, what's the favor? He goes, please don't go full Donnie on stage. I said, what the hell does that even mean? He goes, I'm afraid you're going to upstage me. Right. And this dude paid me, you know, like 25 grand to come down and speak on a stage. And now he's telling me not to go all out because I'm going to upstage him. And at this point, they're calling me to come on stage. Right. So I said, that's the dumbest thing you could have said to me. And I'd never done this before. And I walked out on stage and I'm like, where the fuck are all my badasses at? Right. And the crowd goes bananas. And there was like one table in the back. You could tell that I'd like, you know, curse them to their soul because I said badass and fuck. Right. And I knew instantly two things. One, that was the first time I'd ever really shown up as me. And two, I knew how quickly to qualify an entire audience for my people because the people that were cheering and screaming, these were my people. And from that point on, it was wearing my ball cap, cussing, carrying myself like I carry myself. And that's how the brand went. So your personal brand is going to come from your roots. Mm. What's the name of your podcast? So the one that took off early on with Success Champions, it's out there still. You can go find that. Growth Mode is the one that we have right now. It's a top 200 in like 18 countries. Wow. So it's me and Kevin, my CEO of the company, and we just started season three of that. That's exciting. What, what have you seen in the podcast landscape? Like, How have you seen things evolve? And when did you originally start your, your first podcast? Oh, first podcast launched it in April of 2018. And then five months later, it was number 22 in the world. Wow. It really, really took off. We launched growth mode. So we're on year three of it. The biggest change in the landscape is you have to produce a show nowadays, right? You can't just have a, nobody wants to hear your Zoom conversation. You know, so you've got to really get very, very focused on who is the audience? What are you actually teaching them? Right. Because you go ask somebody what podcast they listen to and they're going to probably drop five, six to 10 different podcasts they're listening to. So you're competing not with other podcasters. You're competing with YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. You know, everything because people are gathering information on all these different realms. You've really got to put out badass content. The other thing that you've got to do is you can't put out sound bites. And what I find on most shows, they're regurgitating somebody else's shit, right? So, so they're just putting out these random sound bites. You've got to be able to put out your own original thought. And, and I can tell you if your content, not because you're intentionally doing it, but if your content doesn't piss somebody off, then you're not putting out original thought because you don't have anything you believe in strong enough to put out there and defend. So everybody's podcasts are playing to everybody and it's a surefire way to lose in this game. Yeah, that's so well said, man. And we can relate significantly to that because over the course of our first couple of years podcasting and just being in business, we just tried constantly tried to emulate what others were doing. And I think mm -hmm. there's a positive and negative to that, right? There's people who are where you want to be. So you want to emulate a couple of their good things, but also you also want to have original thoughts because there's something to say about someone who is just authentically themselves. 
Yeah. Everyone has that. But the bullshit meter is as high as possible nowadays, <laughs> especially. We understand the, the days of like shady marketing to get people to buy shit and all that stuff is, is yep. going away very soon. Consumers are getting smarter. So with that, we started to make the transition to actually starting to prepare for our podcast, starting to <laughs> not just consume information, but consuming it and then digesting it on it and like sleeping on it for a second, writing it down, really allowing it to register in our brain and update our, our software. And that's made a mega shift because a lot of people start to see original content and original thoughts. Yep. And it's not about like the thoughts in general and the overall premise are probably not crazy original because like we've been out here for millions of years. We've been humans. But whatever that number is, I don't know if that's a, a proper statistic, but um, somebody's going to send you a message yeah. like, dude, we've only been around for X amount of years, but, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, you know, when you read a book, it's like, okay, I'm reading this book and I get this thought, but then how can I spin it on the way that I believe this to be true? And how, how can I actually regurgitate my personal thoughts and my personal opinion on it? And I think you do that so well, and you just show up authentically yourself. Initially for us starting in financial services, it was tough because you, you know, Oh, quote unquote, have to be this suit and tie guy and all this stuff. I show up to everything with fucking shorts and a yeah. and, and sneakers and a shirt now because people want authenticity. They don't want the suit and tie guy that's just going to constantly yep. just try and sell them the next product. I mean, like, dude, if you go to an event and they're in a suit and tie, they're either insurance, financial advisor, or a banker, right? Because those are the main sticks. Yeah, that's just the freaking industries that are like you have to look this way because people are only going to do business with people who look this way. Not anymore, assholes, right? You know, everybody wants to do business with people. And, you know, kind of back to your point on, on that original thought and how do you spin it? So something to, to think about is when you read a book, you listen to that podcast. I mean, I don't read books. I may listen to them on Audible. But when you do that kind of thing, it's more important to take down notes about what you've read and then explain what you learned. So, for instance, I do this thing every morning where I go for a walk. And I'll listen to a podcast for 45 minutes and I may listen to two or three episodes, different shows or whatnot. And during that, I'm going to get an aha. Like, you know, I may hear something from Alex Ramosi, something from Tom Bilyeu, you know, never from Ed Milet, but sometimes from his guest. <laughs> Ed Milet, every podcast, and I love the guy, right? But every podcast you're going to hear Ed Milet was daddy was an alcoholic. He's going to say it every fucking show, right? And you're going to hear his story play out every time. But the the whenever you get that aha moment, I'll just take out my phone and I'll jot that down in a quick app. And I literally have a little note thing called Donnie's Walking Thoughts. And then I'll come back and I'll write that note in the top of a, a sheet of paper or a top of an app or maybe sometimes social media. And then I write my thoughts about that aha. This is what's really allowed me to put out my original content and original thought. I'm not trying to teach what that person just taught me, I'm teaching my takeaway from what they taught me, which is the most powerful way to actually try and explain something to somebody else because you don't truly understand it unless you can explain it to somebody else, if that makes wow. sense. No, that, that makes complete sense. And I, and I really like that because it's going from simply just consuming to learning yep. and applying. And, and that was me for so long. I would just read books. I would like, oh, I want to read 50 books this year. And really, that was just for my ego telling people, oh, shit, I read 50 books this year. I'd rather read one, even a, one single page and master that page if it, if it really is something that's valuable to me. Sure. And so that, that's a great shift. So let, let's switch up gears a little bit because I want to get into SCN because that has been a very immediate, valuable resource. It's one of the coolest groups I've ever been a part of. A lot of people join networking groups and masterminds and things, but this is 
so much different. So tell us a little bit more about that, and then we'll share a little bit more about our experience. Yeah, for sure. You know, I honestly never wanted to launch networking groups, right? I did several when I was working for other people. And I mean, let's be honest, most networking is a shit show. It's a bunch of broke people around trying to sell each other. They can't go out and sell themselves. So they do networking instead and hopes that they're going to meet somebody that's going to be like, oh my God, where you been my entire life and grow their business. So we decided when we launched SCN that we were going to change how the world networks literally because we wanted to do a better style of networking. So we look at ourselves as a business growth company. We have pure mastermind type structures that happen to have a networking problem, right? So we're going to focus on growing your business and then networking comes along for the ride. So we run different styles of meetings because let's be honest, nobody gives a shit about that 60 second commercial and your dumb jingle on the end, right? Nobody gives a crap about the history of your company from a presentation standpoint. So this is real value, real impact. Let's teach, let's bring people together. Who gives a shit about referrals? Because very rarely am I going to run into your perfect freaking client. But if you tell me who's already got your client base and what industry they're in that like has that, like, you know, if you were to say, hey, do you know any HR consultants because their client base is my ideal client base? I'm like, yeah, man, let me introduce you to as many as you want. And I can open up a lot of doors. So we focus on the introduction side of things. And when you get a bunch of people who understand that networking is a portion of your business development strategy, not the entirety of it, like you still got to go sell and bring whatever you sell back to that network. You get a bunch of cool people that are kicking ass, getting after it and doing those type of things you're going to build a powerhouse mountain of business and you're going to do it together versus just trying to go in and feed off everything. I love it. I love it. And just from a, for a proof of concept purpose to show that everything you just said is, is being put into action and, and is growing in result of that. How has SCN grown? Where, where did it start? And then talk about where it's at now. Cause it's, it's so impressive. Thanks dude. We launched it in March of 20 was the first meeting. We were going to do the original badass business summit in April of 20 pandemic hits, whole world shuts down. So we throw a business pivot and immediately jump into to doing virtual networking groups. Since then, we're now the fastest growing networking organization on the planet. We are all throughout North America. We're opening up in the Philippines. We're opening up in the Dominican Republic. We're moving to the UK right after that, hitting up Southern and Northern Ireland. And London, I think, is the next one after that. So it is growing rapidly fast. And some days we feel like we're just holding on to the reins, making sure the damn thing doesn't get away from us. Other days, we're riding the waves. So so it's grown very quickly. Yeah. From an operations standpoint, this is where I like to nerd out. You know, how do you fight the, the battle of trying to grow too fast while oh, still trying to implement tough. the proper systems? Because I'm sure that you can sprinkle some more money on top of this and put more fuel to the fire and just consistently get more people. But how do you create the same experience and have the right systems yep. in place? So, so we have a set of codes that we live by in the company. We call them the champions codes. One of those codes is go break shit by learning new things. So what we know that if nothing is breaking, then we're not doing the right things. So like recently, one of my group presidents reached out and said, hey, I need ways to teach a, all the members how to invite other people. That's a natural part of their process. So Kevin and I, you know, we've been networking for 25 years you know, each. So we sat down and go, okay, 
we do this naturally. We open doors, we make introductions, we invite. It's just how we're naturally wired. What have we done? And so we had to come up with a sheet that we've now just rolled out to all the chapters saying, look, here's a bunch of things that you can do to get invite people to your group. And it's things like that, that we've had to create an environment where the presidents and our territory leaders can come back to us and say, this isn't working. And every time something comes up like that, that says this isn't working, we put the pause on growth. We go fix that thing. And once that thing is fixed, now we push hard again until the next thing breaks. But our stopping point on the growth side of things, like I'll turn off all marketing, all budgets, everything when something breaks, just to halt our growth. Because if it breaks now, if that freaking hockey stick fully breaks loose, it's going to be catastrophic. So, and we're on the verge of hockey sticking right now. So, so we are constantly adding in structure, staff, and personnel. Hardest thing is the staff and personnel. And, and what does that look like? So, so like, what does that hockey sticking break? Like, what does that a specific breaking look like? Give us an example. If so, if we, you know, like, like right now, if we had an influx of like a hundred people wanting to start a chapter, you know, for us across the world. We have the capacity that we could handle that right now. If a thousand people did it, I don't have the manpower or the structure to be able to handle that. It would actually break the system because we'd lose the culture, right? And for me, culture inside of what we're doing is freaking everything because we have such a cool vibe, the right energy, and people are getting actual results. If I were to say, let's open it up crazy and have a thousand people go, we don't have the infrastructure to maintain the integrity of the brand, the culture, everything. We would have to ramp up people who aren't ready to be ramped up to maintain that. I want people to listen closely to everything Donnie just said there, because that is the difference between a true real business owner that's in the game for a long time and intends to stay in the game for a long time than opposed to the bullshit marketers that are just trying to make a quick dollar and get out. That is the major difference. So I'll leave you guys off with that. Landon, I know you probably wanted to ask a question, piggyback on that. Yeah. So like, what's the vision long-term? Where do you see this going? You know, 10 years from now, five years from now, whatever that vision is that you've set for yourself. Like, where do you see it? It's really, really simple. I will have one, I'll have my own podcast episode on business wars of SCN versus BNI. I don't intend on ever being as big as BNI only because I don't want heartbeats. Can you explain BNI to yep. sort of listeners? That BNI is the largest networking organization on the planet, right? So it's Business Networking International. Amazing company, amazing organization. There's where everybody goes to learn networking, right? Once they, they go to BNI, they have that experience and they're really ready to kick their business up a notch. Now they come talk to us, right? So it's literally BNI is what put networking on the map. They created this style of networking, if you will. They just haven't changed models since the 1980s. So Ivan Meisner's done an amazing job building that company. He's done two exits on it. He's really built a very, very cool machine. If you're strictly B2C, B&I is an amazing organization. If you're B2B, you're going to freaking die on the vine inside of B&I, right? That's the biggest difference, um, big scale. So, but for us, you know, the whole overall vision is my biggest purpose in life is to help as many people get to freedom through building a business as I possibly can. When my business was in such dire straits and we were almost losing everything, 
I made myself a damn island. I didn't want anybody to know how bad things were because I thought, God, if anybody knows how bad this shit is, nobody's going to do business with me. Mm. So as I continued to kind of isolate myself from everybody, it got dark, man, and it got tough. And, you know, all I wanted was one person to go, dude, you got this. Well done. Keep going. It's just going to work, right? Every one of us can use a good attaboy every once in a while. And, and there was nobody out there doing it. And I didn't want some freaking just painting ass just Tony Robbins style motivational speech shit, right? Nothing against Tony. That's the only name that came to mind, right? I don't want that fake positivity shit. So Mao, I teach everything I wish somebody would have taught me as I was going through it. So the biggest overall vision is to have a global brand of people that are building very, very successful businesses and going and doing these extreme things. So we're filling football stadiums for the Badass Business Summit and, you know, the events, but it's all tactical, tangible stuff. I mean, like take the Badass Business Summit for a prime example. It's not a summit where you come and take a shit ton of notes and then try and go home and remember what the hell you wrote. If you're working on your business at the summit, there's no pitches, there's no you know, upsells, there's nothing like this. We bring in some of the most badass people who are experts in their field from sales, operation, marketing, and mindset, and they teach right then and there the things you need to be doing on your business. So we want to blow that up on a complete grandiose scale. But I also want to be the most famous guy that nobody fucking knows. Right? Mm. I love living on my farm, fucking away from everybody. I love being in the small town where I can go in. Nobody knows who the fuck I am. Yo, I love that aspect of it. So personal big vision is a monstrous ranch with a, a huge just getaway so we can maintain all the crazy ass animals we already have. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, so the last couple of years, it sounds like have been dramatically transformational for you personally, professionally, all that. How have you managed your personal life with all this growth and and what kind of boundaries do you have you had to set and, and, and learn to create throughout all that growth? Um, Boundaries, none. I don't believe in work-life balance. I think that's a myth. And the only people that are, that are looking for work-life balance hate what they do. Right. Um, (laughs) Right. So I'm of all for work-life integration, right? Let's, let's do it all one thing. So like my wife doesn't give a shit about the business other than it pays the bills, takes care of everything. We have that type of thing. Let's me talk about it all day long. Right. Because she knows that's my biggest focus, you know, in everything. But she doesn't give a shit about the inner workings. But I'm never going to turn off the business. Right. This is my livelihood. This is my business. I'm always going to be thinking about it. So and what's cool is my wife being who she is, I get to bounce a lot of cool ideas off her. And she's kind of like my Jiminy Cricket. I'm like, babe, what do you think about this? She goes, you do that. You're an asshole. Right. Don't do it that way. Do this. I'm like, cool. Right. So it's nice to have that in your, in, in your corner. But, you know, for your listeners, if everybody says you got to know yourself. Right. And for years, that fucking phrase frustrated the hell out of me because I didn't know how you learn to know yourself. I didn't know how you discovered who you are until I finally figured out to know yourself means to understand why you react to the things you react to, why an emotion pops up in a fucking moment. 
It's like, if you want to take it to a sales side of things, why do you get nervous over rejection? Or why do you scared of somebody telling you no? Well, there's a reason for that. And if you go explore that reason why that emotion pops up on that thing, then you're going to start meeting yourself. And the best tool on the fucking planet to learn who you are and what you're made of and the truly like the man in the mirror is to build a fucking business. Because building a business, you're going to get to a point where you run out of your bullshit excuses. When you work for other people, you can say, like, the marketing sucks, lead sucks, the economy sucks. Like, you can blame everything. And they're real excuses when you work for other people. But when you work for yourself, you don't get those fucking excuses. You can't say the economy sucks, marketing sucks. If the marketing sucks, go fucking fix it. If the economy right. sucks, pivot right? You know, whatever it takes, you don't get that luxury. And when you get to that place where your excuses are gone and you take full ownership of everything that happens in your life, now shit gets real and shit gets fun because, you know, I just love JK Rowling's quote here is, you know, the rock bottom is the foundation of which I built my life. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to put themselves in a situation to risk going to rock bottom so they can actually start fighting for a living. Everybody gets to a place of good enough and stays there. Mm, that's so funny because like the, the irony about that is that like the biggest risk is actually not taking that risk at <laughs> for all. For sure. Right. Like, like you're you're guaranteed to be miserable or just be complacent, which for me that 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 equals miserableness. And we say it all the time, like your business growth is a direct reflection of your personal development because there's eventually going to be hurdles that if you're not equipped with the proper, you know, self-accountability, you know, growth, different tactics, you're not going to be able to fix this, this thing in your business. And like you said, you can hide behind that stuff when you're an employee, but you can't when you're a business owner, especially if you want to be a successful one. You can be a business right. owner, but you can, you don't have to be a successful one in general. So with that being said, you know, we're, we're nearing the 30 minute mark here. We'd love to know kind of some takeaways that you want our listeners to make sure that they, you know, you've dropped some really good bombs. I know Landon has a couple questions towards the end that he wants to ask as well. But one of our biggest questions that we always like to ask every guest that comes on is th this is the Consistency Wins podcast. So consistency is the name of the game for us. How does that show up in your life and how important is consistency and what does it mean to you? Yeah, for sure. So if you do not have a morning routine, I don't give a shit what time you wake up. I don't give a damn what you do in that routine. But if you don't have a morning routine, you're fucking yourself for the rest of the day. Right. There's the whole idea of the miracle morning, love or hate it. I don't, I've never read the book, so I don't know anything about it, but I understand the premise of it. So, but for me, man, I'm up at 3.50 every morning and I don't say that to tout my horn like you got to be up at the fucking crack of dawn. I have a working farm, right? I got no choice in the matter, but if I'm going to be able to take care of the farm and run three companies, I got to get up and get moving. So I get up, I go for a freaking walk, 45 minute walk. During that time, I listen to a podcast, sometimes two or three podcasts. That is my moment of the day to focus on the business. Because most of the rest of the day, I'm going to be in the business, putting out fires, right, doing things. And once I get past that freaking moment of time, dude, once the fire's lit, shit's going to happen. So if you don't have that morning routine, I don't give a shit what you do in that routine. Like for me, it's walk, social media, post, freaking comment, engage, first meeting by 8 o'clock. Because everything else in between 3.50 and 8 o'clock is taking care of the farm and working on me. So that's one of the biggest things I want people to take away from this is get that freaking consistent morning game plan, rocking and rolling and get it going. The other thing you got to be consistent about is freaking your business development. Your business is will not freaking grow if you don't go fucking sell. 
Build that into your process. If you're not doing 20 to 50 fucking reach outs a day, cold reach out to people who don't know you to start that freaking day off, you're not going to grow at a pace or scale that is going to get you to start catapulting. You're going to try and grow through osmosis and just get frustrated with incremental growth. That's great, man. And and so one question, not to like take seven steps backwards in the convo, because I feel like we're, we're wrapping up really nicely here, but you mentioned that you were at Sandler for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, excelling at a high level. We're very familiar with Sandler sales training and, and everything in that space from when we initially got into our industry five, six years ago. I was curious to know if there are tools and just just mindset shifts or pieces of language that you've taken away from your sales training at Sandler that you still implement today that are massively helpful that you can maybe share with us and, and our, and our yeah, listeners. For sure. I think if people aren't using the Sandler upfront contract to start off every sales call, you're fucking dumb. And I truly mean that because it's one of the greatest sales tactics I've ever been taught in my life. David Sandler was a genius in coming up with that. And all of it is, is literally you're setting for the stage from the call of this is what's going to happen. Here's the expectations of outcome. My other favorite thing that Sandler taught me was the concept of pay time and no pay time. And I've expanded on the idea, but the idea is during the day, there's pay time, which is activities when you should be doing things that directly impact your bottom line. And then there's no pay time where you're doing activities that won't directly impact your your bottom line, right? So this is the overall concept. So what I've told people is I want you to write down every business development activity that you are currently doing. I don't care where it's at in your business, but write down every business development activity you're doing. Then I want you to write down next to that every or the the time when you can be client facing. And depending on the business and industry, it's likely something like eight to five is when you can be in front of. So maybe bankers hours. Cool. Your pay time just became eight to five and you're only allowed to do those business development activities. Everything else is done outside of those hours. So all your operational, all your stupid paperwork, you know, your CRM shit, all that crap. That's done after hours and no pay time hours. That concept is what's really helped us get where we want to go. And look, if you're running your own company, this isn't the hustle and grind, man. This is do the fucking work until the work is done. I run a full working farm. The goats can't fucking take care of themselves. I got to go let them out every morning. I got to feed. I got to water them, right? They can't put themselves up every night. I've got to go put them up and make sure they're protected from all the predators and shit. I don't get the luxury of taking a day off from running the fucking farm right? My choice. It's the same thing with a fucking business. And so if you're going to run a business, you need to structure that damn thing that your operational crap is out of the way of actually doing the business and doing the sales side of things. So yeah, upfront contract and pay time is my two favorite things out of Sam. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, one thing we didn't get to cover that we got to have you back on to cover is five best-selling books. That's, that's the, that's the one thing that's, that's amazing. We'll make sure we put all the links in our description. How can our listeners follow you? How can they connect with you? Lay it all out there, brother. Yeah, for sure. So the best way is if they will text the word success to 817-318-6030, I'll send them a one hour video of me teaching them how to just get an endless stream of referrals coming into their business. Right? So this is purposely putting a game plan together that will allow you to get a bunch of referrals coming in. So that's the word success to text it to 817-318-6030. No upsell, no anything like that. It's just literally, we're going to send you the video. It's going to ask for your email. So, but, and then it'll get you to all my social media but growth mode podcast and then Donnie Bovine on social media. 
Amazing. We'll be sure to put that into the descriptions. And other than that, man, thank you so much for coming on. It has been beyond valuable just for us as well, listening to all this stuff. You're crushing it. We're excited to continue to follow your journey, be a part of your network. When I first met Donnie, full transparency, I thought he was going to kill me through the screen. Comes off as intimidating. <laughs> but this guy genuinely, genuinely cares about, you know, wanting to see people succeed and really pouring into others and just crushing it in business, man. So thank you oh, so thank much. You. Hey, let me do one quick thing for you and your listeners. Guys, if you made it this far in the podcast with us and you got one tactic, one tip, anything of value out of this, do these guys a favor and share this episode or any other episode out with somebody that would get value out of this, man. Having my own show, man, I tell you the toughest thing in the world is building your damn audience. So, So if you're listening to this, whether it's this episode or any other episode, freaking share this out for these guys and help them reach more people with badass knowledge and tips and takeaways, man. It'll mean the world to them. Pay the fee, man. That's pay the fee. I was going to say, it's the only fee we charge. Awesome, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. You too, brother.